Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is Minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast, your favorite weekly games podcast. My name is Kerry Palmer, and joining me for this week is Jeremy Bradetich. Have you seen yet the first episode of the third season? You know season the answer is going to be no. Of the Mandalorian. Oh no, I haven't. Okay. When you when you asked about that earlier in the week when it came out, and I was like, oh my god, is that today? Uh, and I said, you know what? I might just wait till Last of Us is done. I think I really meant it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think I'll go to Mandalorian. I th- I'll be too confused. I'll be too. I'll feel too. <laughs> wait, but if he's in that show, how can he be in that show? <laughs> <laughs> but in season two, when he takes off his helmet, he's got the same facial hair. <laughs> um, if it, if it's any consolation, the episodes are shorter than Last of Us. They're only like half an hour. Um, uh, it's not. It's not. I'll I'll be like comparing them and like going between one and the other if I like one more than the other and be like, oh, that's that. The way he said that reminds me of the way the Mandalorian said, "Grogu, get in the Naboo fighter. We're going to the Boonda Eve." Yeah, Ellie, get in the Naboo fighter. We're going to Boonda <laughs> Eve. Um, I need to be mad online about this show. Um, you have been. I have been, but I haven't been online about it. I'm currently now online. Well, you have been. Yeah, but like, but not like publicly online. Oh wait, I was. I, I tweeted. Yes, about, you yeah, have been. Yeah, I tweeted, I tweeted about it. Um, this show fucking sucks. <laughs> I I can't believe how bad that episode was. Um, mm. to the point where I'm like, I'm I'm now in the stage of, I think I need to go back and watch season one and two again, yeah. and see if it was like this horseshit from the beginning. Um. Because I don't think it. I, I, I surely there had to be something there that we all latched onto. Maybe we just were coming straight out of the rise of Skywalker that it was just literally anything, right? Um, Honestly, strong case for that being possible. Mm. A strong case. Yeah. I um. I remember feeling. I remember coming out of it. The first three episodes were so because they were such a like an arc, right? Sure. Of like. Find the target. Oh, it's a baby. Oh, now we have to escape and go against my code and whatever. Yeah. And then there's those middle three episodes that are like, whatever. It's just like TV. Yeah. Um, but I remember being in those and being like, oh, it, just, it fe- at least feels like authentic Star Wars. I'm happy just getting TV Star Wars for a bit. Yeah. And then they, and they brought it in with some great finale episodes. Season two went so all over the place. Yeah, literally, like, they they didn't stop fucking jumping around, um, and it was also like so like there was so many. I can remember so many more of the lows in season two than I can of season one. Like season one kind of blurs a bit, whereas season two felt a little bit more eventful, and also the stuff that was happening was there were higher highs and lower lows. I think that's fair to say, yeah. Like there were some really good episodes in in season two. Um, like the the heist, the imperial heist in like the second last episode. Um, is that the one with Bill Burr? Yeah, the one with Bill Burr and the like convoy into the compound and the yeah and, that episode was awesome. And I think the the first episode with Boba, like the first real episode with Boba, I thought that episode was pretty cool as well. Um, but then there was that episode where it's like the there's that shit house heist with Carl Weathers and um. Gina, oh yeah, and, yeah, and Gina yeah. Carano. That episode is fucking bad, and and also the target from the first episode. From the, oh my god, yeah, with the blue hands oh, and the blue the, the blue skin. Who cares? Anyway, um, 
I, I'm I'm like I'm I'm Andor has ruined um all future I completely spoiled it does hasn't it yeah it it has it has spoiled all future Star Wars by because nothing will be as good as it, as it right like I don't kind of yeah what is gonna be as good as it I honestly don't know like they're not it's not the kind of thing they're gonna be able to keep replicating either no like um, it, it's it's because Andor is at a very specific moment in uh star wars as a media mm. um where it it pulled the spider-verse thing of like the reason it did so well is because no one was paying attention to it which is hilariously uh th- thematic to the show yes <laughs> like, yes you said that and i wasn't quite sure how you meant it <laughs> yeah and i mean in both ways the reason spider-verse did so fucking well is because no one at sony was looking at the movie while lord and miller were making it and the reason Andor was do, like did so well is because no one paid attention to to the spin off of the of a of a of a m- kind of an interesting character in Rogue One, um, but mm. it was the joke of like oh wow we're getting spin offs of everything. Um, yeah, that, it was yeah. Like when when they announced an Andor show, me and everyone was like fucking really. And then it's the best I thing am. since Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> we're talking about Andor, and I and I'm getting excited like physically excited about the idea of just re-watching it more. Yeah, right. It's just like, oh, I could do that like tonight. I could just watch Andor tonight. It's like, that's exciting. And and uh, so so the other day I, when I watched the first episode of season three of The Mandalorian, when it finished, I was watching it with my partner who has not seen season one or two and doesn't have, doesn't have that much of interest in, in this area of Star Wars. But they've um, seen Book of Boba Fett episodes five, six, and seven, right? Oh, totally. Um, <laughs> yeah, like this was basically like I, I was like I said, I'm like, do you care if I put it on? And like I haven't seen the first three episodes, and like I like sorry, the first two seasons, and I said it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> I, I said it, I, I said it's not particularly that good, and they said, all right, I'm not going to pay attention, and I'm like, all right, cool. And when it ended, I was like loud. I was like, this is bad. <laughs> I was loud. I can see you doing that. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I I lost also, a lot of faith in what this season could be as soon as um we had to see Mandalorian season 2.5 in the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. That that really took the sting out of it for me. They don't and it completely that. got rid of the most interesting aspects of the finale of the last season of The Mandalorian. Which was, completely neutralized it. Which was the last five seconds of Grogu leaving. Um, yeah. And what's like, and, and now, and now, Kerry, what I'm coming to realize is that Din Djarin is a space racist. <laughs> All he does is kill aliens. Okay. And never kills a fucking human ever. Doesn't he? He barely kills a human. But it's all about like, you know, oh, these, I mean, the show, it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the character, it's the show, but the show is always, wow, these fucking group of aliens are all like, they're all real awful, aren't they? And it's, and it's always, it's always coded that way. It is always coded. Uh, Sometimes it's like just surviving in the wilderness. Like when they crash land on that ice planet, sometimes a lot of the times it's the empire. So there's lots of stormtroopers. Yeah, but it's always the. It, there's never. It's never like the bad guy humans. It's the stormtroopers. They take on some pirates at some point. Like, am I misremembering that? Like when when he was chilling with Bo Katan in season two. We're going so long on the Mandalorian. It's fine. <laughs> 
when he when he when he's chilling with Bo-Katan in season two. Yeah. Weren't they were they fighting? I don't remember. Ocean pirates. <laughs> I don't remember. You do the intro I... and I'll look it up. Hey everyone, this is the mini map cast where we talk about video, video games. games. I'm saying that out loud because uh, it's to, to definitely it not true. obvious from what was said for the last eight minutes. Um, hey, thanks for being here. Uh, we're going to talk more about video games once we answer this question about Bo-Katan in The Mandalorian Season 3. Um, but if you're unfamiliar, this is the Minimap cast. This is our website, minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast. Uh, the Minimap cast goes live on all podcast platforms uh, every Wednesday with 24 hours of early access available to our patrons. Uh, more on that later. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to tell all your friends and give the show a positive rating uh, wherever you listen to us. It makes a huge difference. It doesn't take too long. Uh, if you've got the time, that would be excellent. Uh, if you want to get notified every time a new episode is released, uh, you can follow us on social media. You can follow Minimap there. Uh, we are at MinimapAU on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and also Twitch, where we are live every Monday, where we are live right now, uh, 6.30 p.m., Australian Eastern Daylight Time for the live recording of the Minimap cast. And just as a note, uh, if you want uh, live notifications uh, when we go live uh, and you use Discord a lot, you can join the Minimap Discord. There's a, a, a follow, a, a join server link on the website. There's a Discord icon at the top or at the very bottom of the site that you can use. Uh, so yeah, and when we're live on Twitch, we always hang out with the chat beforehand and afterhand and during. It's a great time. We'd love it if you came and hung out with us. Uh, we wanted to say thank you to Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D Improv as the music for the Minimap cast. Uh, you can listen to more of Shook's music, including his brand new album focusing on video game-inspired music at shook.bandcamp.com. Uh, and finally, Minimap is completely independent, independent and funded almost entirely out of our own pockets to help keep the lights and mics on, you can support us, as I mentioned before, by becoming one of our patrons. For only $5 a month, you get 24 hours of early access for all, for all episodes of the Minimap cast, plus some little extra bonus features we're cooking up uh, and more. So you can head on over to patreon.com slash minimapau if that interests you and you want to help us out. And remember, it's cheaper than a latte with oat milk. Uh, uh, yes, Sam, we, we hadn't done the intro yet. <laughs> uh, I, I looked it up. They fight a bunch of corn, the, the squid people. Oh, squid people. That's not what I remember. Yeah. That's a shame. Yep. You know who Andor fights in Andor? The machine. The imperial the machine, machine. The empire, but also the people who make up the empire. Yeah, fascists. Mm-hmm. Fascists. Mm-hmm. The more I real, the more I think about it, the more I really wish Marva said "fuck the Empire" at the end of that season instead of fight. Yeah, like as as time goes on, like part of me is like, "fuck, that would have been so hard." <laughs> like that would have been so fucking sick. It was so hard though. Oh, but imagine if you said, "Imagine if Star Wars said fuck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like hearing uh, it's like hearing Cloud and Barrett and Tifa swear. Yeah, well, uh, the, the 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 guy that's best friends with Cyril Khan says shit in the in the third episode. Does he? He says shit. Wow! Right? It could have wow, been the first shit. Mario time fuck. swore. Mario swore. 
Hey, everyone, guess what we're talking about this week? If you guess The Mandalorian, you're wrong. <laughs> we're talking I about... They are. <laughs> I guess not. Uh, we are talking... The, the topic for the show is uh, mid-gen console refresh predictions. So uh, we're going to be talking about what we think each console's potential mid-generation refresh might be. If that's if we're looking at slim models, if we're looking at uh, Pro or X models in the same way that we had... Uh, with the previous generation and generations before that, with the Slims and the Pros and the whatnots. Um, yeah, what, it's going to be interesting. Last it's funny year was the first, last generation was the first era of the Pro, I believe. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So this is the this is the time when we might see a pattern emerge or not. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if 2 constitutes a pattern yet, but... It's I think, the start of a pattern. Yeah. Well, 2's a, isn't, like, two's a coincidence, three's a pattern. Isn't that the saying? I guess so, but yeah. one is just one. One is just a, an event. So true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one is one. One is one. Uh, so yeah, it's it's interesting because we've just done topics over the last four to six weeks about each of the console manufacturers. Um, so this is kind of rounding up a bit of that information kind of peripherally, but also talking separately to a different uh, part of that. But yeah, sort of an extension of all of those discussions. Um, as always, it's going to be a bit weird to talk about this with Nintendo involved as well, because they're, they're like off cycle with the other competitors. So there's the, you know, when the switch came out 2017, uh, a bit more than three years into the life cycle of the Xbox one and PS4. Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're probably looking at something similar with the switch happening where they do a big new thing in the middle of PlayStation Xbox's current new thing. Yeah, I mean, let, let's 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 talk to that because because there has been yeah. so that there has been some a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors, a lot of hearsay about what's scuttlebutt the, they call that scuttlebutt. It's a, it's a I like that word um, mm. about what the new Nintendo is going to be. It's funny. It, it, Don't I always, you love how Nintendo has just like. You could, they could just make a Nintendo. Yeah, right. Because like that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I think it's because like every other company has got a parent company, right? Like it's not gonna like, yeah. like oh, like give me a Sony or like give me a Microsoft. Like no, it's that's like, right. Yeah, no, that's what the difference is. Because it's like oh, yeah. well, they do make a PlayStation and they do make an Xbox. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's different because it's it's not a Microsoft. Yeah, like so, uh, Sega could do it if they still made hardware. Um, yeah, like, they made know, a Sega. Yeah, give me a Sega. Um, so like just a, a quick roundup on stuff that we've heard. Um, one Mr. Jeff Grubb has 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 been hearing that we're industry gonna, heavyweight. Yes, um, uh, hearing late twenty twenty three. Um, this is according to uh, his show, The Last Ninten- Last of the Nintendogs, which I think is a very funny uh, name for a show for him and Mike Mignotti. Um, uh, he also believes that it will be a seventy five percent upgrade now what does that mean he means that it'll be something in between a mid-generation refresh and a full-on successor so it will be better hardware but basically what he talks to is in on on last of nintendogs is that he thinks it'll be a it'll still be recognizable as a switch and i think he he talks to some stuff that I, that i think makes a lot of sense he talks to the 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 Nintendo Switch Online service being called Nintendo Switch Online. It's not just called Nintendo Online. Right. The, yes, the, that's fair enough. The Switch being such a known uh, system f- for the general audience, 
um, mm-hmm. much, much more than the Wii U. Um, as well as I think the format of the Switch being a lot more traditional allows the developers to... Uh, allows non-first-party developers to release their console on the system without feeling like they're not making use of the potential of the system, in a way, if you know what I mean. like the. So you mean release their game on the system? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, for example, games on the Wii had to be specifically made for the Wii, and that hurt it yes. because then they had to make a specific Wii version of a game that was explicitly different to the 360 and PS3 version of that game. Um, yeah, even just with the controls on a fundamental level. Exactly. The, the Switch, but then also the hardware. The Switch being more mainstream in its control scheme and it's, like, just a general, like, just the vibe of the thing um, al- <laughs> allows it to hit, hit, that, hit that mainstream game release. Um, uh, allows it to be a destination for mainstream games to release on, right? You know, like Call of Duty is coming to the Switch now, which is, well, coming to Nintendo now, which is, which is fucking a whole thing, right? But also, it's not just accessible, more accessible for third parties. It's also more accessible for indies, which has been yes. very important for the Switch's success. Like that a small team can turn around and, and make a Switch port without too much fuss is very important for the for Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's what I mean by everyone can release a game on the Switch, basically. Um, there was a uh, 4chan leak that happened prior to the Pokemon Direct, which detailed every inf- every piece of information that was in the Pokemon Direct. Oh. Um, which, which, if you're looking at... Which out, kind of verifies it. Yeah, yeah, which verifies that, that this person does have insider knowledge. Um, talking about... Like the theme of the first DLC is hidden treasures of Area Zero, and the second one is going to be called Hexagon. Apparently, um, they are a prog- according to this post, they are a Pokemon outsourcing company employee uh, programmer. Mm-hmm. Pokemon outsourcing company programmer. Um, they also said that their English is uh, not their first language, um, and that they use some some translation pro- uh, software to make this post. Um, the important part about this post in relation to what we're talking about is they say the final line of their post is we are working on a graphics enhancement patch for the new Nintendo Switch models that will be released alongside the second DLC for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Whoa! Right? Um, which, is, which, is, which, which we need to stress that there is a chance that this was just a translation, uh, a translation error considering how low-key they are about saying that like the tone of yeah. the thing is not hey i have inf- like you know i have information that will lead to the arrest of the nintendo switch 2 um yeah. it is just oh yeah also we're making enhancements for this switch console that isn't announced yet um they also yeah, if they were going out of their way to leak stuff then theoretically wouldn't they put that at like the top of the maybe yeah um like and th- there's also the chance that they mean the like for whatever reason, this patch is only applicable for the, the refreshed version of the Switch that had the better battery and newer. Maybe it won't work on launch systems or whatever. Yeah, who knows? Um, uh, on top of that, there was a, um, a post made on a forum, which I, which I had trouble finding because it got taken down. Um, but there was a, a forum uh, topic that was made by a manufacturer in China who was talking mm. about um, the new switch the new switch is manufacturing um and that whole thread got 
taken all the way down by a DMCA claim from Nintendo. It's from Nintendo themselves, which immediately it gives it a like a big tick of like potential validation, right? Exactly. That's another like verified like it's the Streisand effect, right? It's like if if they didn't do anything, then maybe no one would have seen it. But you know, if yeah. they if you know, it, they couldn't afford to yeah. liability yada yada. Um. So signs are pointing to it still being Switch, it being announced this year. We'll probably like I think, and I think I think we've said this a little bit now, but like I still think we'll see it this year. Um, and it is looking more in line with being the next Nintendo Switch, not the next big Nintendo. Um, yeah, like which swap into a new whatever, a new gimmick, a new framework, a new yeah, yeah. Um, this makes sense, I think, um, with them not leaving behind one of the biggest adoption rates that they've ever got. Um, yeah, definitely. Th- this this is in line with Pokemon Scarlet Violet being one of the fastest selling games of all time. Um, why wouldn't you want a better version of that to run on another console um, on your next console that is coming out roughly 12 months after um, it uh, after the game releasing in line yeah. with the DLC? Maybe they release a um, you know Ultra Scarlet and Mega Violet um, yeah. which, which includes the DLC and they can charge... And a performance patch. Yeah, and they can charge full price for that while bringing the price of the original one down by 20 bucks like they did with the the Sun and Moon games. And and you have to imagine, like, while the attach rate for, like, um, Mario Kart 8 and Breath of the Wild, the two closest launch to launch games for the Switch, were, were really high. It was like the, there had been more copies of Breath of the Wild sold than the Switch at some point in the early days of the console. Um, you have to imagine they're looking at the numbers and saying, we would much prefer to launch this on a platform where like tens of millions of people can buy this game at once rather yep. than the 1.5 million that we could optimistically hope for with the launch of a new console. Yeah. Um, based on projected industry like sell-through rates and stuff like that. Like it is so risky. If you have the option to keep that successful platform rolling, then yeah, they're, they're definitely going to want to take it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of this information, like Grub himself has said he's he's hearing rumors from rumors. Um, yeah. But there's, there's, there's the, the thing is this 4chan leak, um, this, uh, this manufacturer from China's that, a post that got uh, brought down, you know, there's, there's more to it than just like I'm hearing. Um, yeah. So there, there is like, it is starting to genuinely feel real at that, at this point. And it's been, it's been long enough. It really has and been. They were planning on doing it two years ago. Yep. We know this. Um, yeah. And the OLED was a, a stripped down version of it. Yeah. So the, the plan has been in the works for, for a while. Um, I hadn't heard the extent of all of these rumors altogether. It's honestly reminding me a bit about the um, NX rumors yeah. leading into the Switch and how like, or like even the PS4 Pro, you know, whichever one was Morpheus. I think that was maybe VR. I can't remember. But um, yeah, Morpheus. Uh, what was Pro? It was a different. It was a different god. Like a different. Was uh, it Neo? 
it was Neo, wasn't uh, maybe it? Maybe it was Neo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and just how like it's it's just basically an open secret at that point. Like the 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 project name has become like Project Scorpio, for example. Like yeah. that was an internal one that they turned into a product because it it generated so much buzz. Yeah in yeah. the industry and through news outlets that it was worth them capitalizing on it and selling a project Scorpio edition of the one X. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm starting to get that vibe here when, when and, there's smoke, there's fire. And and remember the, the NX for a while, at some point it became so open that Nintendo just came out and said, yeah, we're working on a thing. The code name is the That's NX. True. Like the code name is the NX and like, we'll show it to you. Not yet. Um, yep. I, I can see that happening here. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that's 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 basically kind of it for Nintendo. It's a lot. Um, yeah, like it, it's a lot, and it's it's the most we've had consistently. Um, it's the most consistent information that we've had in a little while. Um, and I also think it is it is siloed. Like it, as always, Nintendo are kind of siloed off off in their own space in the industry. Um, yeah, is. It's it's worth mentioning just just quietly to you, Kerry, that I think uh, Grab also mentioned again that yes, he he still he is still doubling down on those Zelda remakes still exist. They are still done, um, and they and he has no idea why they are waiting. <laughs> he, yeah, and they've they've just it's, been it's done that for a Metroid while. Metroid Prime at the moment, isn't it? It's just well, M- M- Metroid Prime being out now, but yeah, like I'm, yes, yeah, the same. The thing rest of like, them, yeah, the rest of them, exactly. Like they're just sitting there. So weird. So and, weird. And he even brought, I, I he, still maintain that that last direct wouldn't have felt anywhere near as punchy if they didn't shadow drop primary master though. Like maybe t- they're just totally. keeping them there for the for the excitement. I know, but you know? like it, he he brought up an interesting thing, which is when when Zelda had its like 40th anniversary or whatever, they said that they would do like a yearly big release of like one Zelda game would come out basically every year from now on because they can bring out remakes and new games out fairly consistently, and then we had. Um, uh, Skyward Sword in 2021 and then we just had nothing in 2022 from Zelda <laughs> just like they said that and then immediately just didn't do anything about it even though they have That's a finished so Zelda product sitting like maybe maybe the plan though was for that to be Tears of the Kingdom you know when they when they said that yeah but I feel like that would be the perfect like break in case of Tears of the Kingdom delay like, like yeah. we just have this game <laughs> yeah yeah here's Wind Waker here's Twilight Princess <laughs> yeah Anyway, that's yeah, funny. Um, uh, next up is talking to PlayStation, talking to Xbox. Hello, Shuhei. <laughs> Shuhei, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> this is awkward. Um, sorry. Uh, you want to talk to each other, right? Let me hang on. Just t- turn this one upside down. Oh, there we go. That'll work. You don't want to talk to it. Oh, right. Yeah, the lawsuit. Um, <laughs> uh, talking about what we might see from them as a as a as a console refresh, next iteration, revision of hardware, um, just to frame some context for this. Yeah, you had, um, some, you had some good stats about the previous generation here. Yeah. Um, so it's been almost two years and four months since the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S um, release, mm-hmm. um, which is two and a third years. <laughs> yep. That's quite a, quite a bit of time. It feels like only... It feels like yesterday. feels like yesterday. Um, I remember we were, we were watching that showcase and pre-ordering the next hour. Yeah, that's right. And because just because we happened to be up, because um, we were yeah we were reacting to it. Yeah, to the site. Yeah, and then um we did a we did a podcast after we pre-ordered our console. Yeah. Um, the PlayStation Four 
difference, time difference between PlayStation 4's release and the PlayStation 4 Pro uh, was three years and five days. So, okay, so, yep. So Sony has, uh, what's that? That's like eight months to release a PlayStation 5 Pro. If they stay with that cadence. If they yeah. stay with that cadence. And um, it also looks like that was the same time they came with, oh no, that's the PlayStation 4 Pro. When was the Slim? The PS4 Slim. Yeah, just looking at the release of that. It was, I think it was, that like, was, it was like 18 September. months. No, no, no. That was September of 2016. It was like two months before the Pro. Oh, right. Um, the, the, the time difference between the Xbox One X and the Xbox One was just shy of four years. Mm. Um, but the time difference between the Xbox One and the Xbox One S was two years and eight months. So the, the cycle goes... PS4 and Xbox One release roughly at the same time. Um, yep, November 2013. Yep. Um, Xbox One S comes out two years, eight months later. PS4 Pro comes out three years, five days later. And Xbox One X comes out just under four years later. Yeah. Four years from the initial releases, not four years after staggering after each of them. Um, <laughs> just in case that isn't clear. Um, so we are getting to the point in time where... If 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 last generation is anything to go by, we and and the previous two or three generations before that as well. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. At the, least in terms of seeing a slim or an update. Yeah, the 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 PS3 didn't get an update at all, but it was it was a like like in terms like they didn't get any anything better, but it was just a a, a slimmer console with more storage. Um, and the Xbox 360 had had different iterations. They had smaller consoles that had like less storage on it, and they had they had consoles with more ports. Yeah. Um, well, so did the PS3. The PS3, the first PlayStation 3 had a HDMI port, but it didn't have it didn't have one weird port, which was like necessary. Or oh, the, the like first optical or the VGA port, or I don't, I don't remember what it was. The first 360 didn't have a HDMI port, which is which is wild as well. Um, yeah. So. If, yeah, if the last couple consoles are anything to go by, we should be hypothetically seeing something soon. Mm. Um, do you think we need this right now? Looking at your PlayStation 5, looking at the Xbox One X, uh, Series yep. X, yep. are you looking at this going like, I am in, like, th- this console uh, feels like it needs another one right now? Honestly, no. I feel and the same. I, I feel like a large part of that is uh, due to uh, the supply restrictions and difficulties that we've been that the industry has been facing basically right up until the start of this year, um, two two full years after its launch. Xbox a little bit less, but um, I think that's that that's a big factor in in that feeling where it kind of feels like we we've barely just properly started this generation in a weird way like it's been there but it's been kind of nascent you know it's just kind of like bubbling waiting to be to have enough copies sold so people to start developing more directly for it and and we haven't uh, we said this last week for our state of playstation episode we still haven't left the ps4 behind yet so like yeah all of a sudden we're we're, we're talking about getting a new one i mean and if it's just a slim up update then like there's no issue right because yeah. Like we haven't we haven't got anything that's super demanding anyway. We haven't pushed the PS5 to its limit yet anyway. This isn't going to change that. It's just going to be hopefully a more affordable, 
slimmer, maybe a better design that people find more appealing. Like it's just going to be another skew to get more people interested, less overhead for PlayStation, all of that. Yeah, like if if there's a way to make the slim console replace the flagship console and its biggest point of, of, of its, its biggest reason to exist is just we can make these we can make these ones faster you know yeah like like we, we we've we've found a way around those parts that were just much harder to get um yeah or like like we can get the same chip now but run it like 40 40 watts less power so yeah. it doesn't need the liquid metal cooling now or yeah. something like that like yeah. like th- that's a that's a good that's a good enough reason i think in itself for it to exist um mm. is just to get more on the shelves um and hopefully if it can you know depending on who you ask like hopefully try and get the ticket the price a little bit lower maybe they can bring the price of the ps5 back down to its launch price um yeah that would be good fuck, I, can't, I can't believe they increased the price of that fucking thing um not in the states great um <laughs> yeah like i i think i think that we we both feel similarly that like i'm not looking at my my current consoles and going like i really wish i had a better one um you know, the, the reason the, the Series S came out was it had a 4K Blu-ray drive and was smaller than the original. You mean the 1S? Sorry, sorry, the 1S. It had a 4K Blu-ray drive and, and was smaller than the Xbox One. The reason the PS4 came out, the PS4 Pro came out really was like it had HDR support and that's kind of it. Um, like some Yeah, games... and, and 4K output, but... Sorry, yes. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, 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 the HDMI 2.1 support was basically what it was. Um uh but yeah like there's like if there's like uh, th- there's nothing that's sort of come out in the past um few years since the launch of these consoles and i'm like oh i really wish this console actually launched with this but it was so early i, I can understand why they didn't adopt yeah, it immediately that's the thing i think the only thing we really stand to gain from a pro-like system in the next two years if they do go that way is the capability to run more games potentially at 4k resolution and 60 frames per second because right now we we almost always have to trade between a low resolution and higher frame rate or the higher resolution lower frame rate and that's fine we were doing that on the pro and honestly people like having the choice they're like i want the pixels i want to see it i don't notice the frame rate or you got other people that are like it's so smooth it's so silky it's whatever i don't even notice the pixels give me the frame rate yeah the the biggest benefit you would get from a mid a mid-generation upgrade, a PS5 Plus, an Xbox Series X Plus, is that option to just not compromise on the visuals. I'm imagining a world. Okay. What if they bring back HDMI in? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> okay, yeah. Go on. That, that's That's all I got. Um, <laughs> you just you just want to run your PlayStation through your Xbox again, so you only have one input into your telly. Uh, I don't need that anymore. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, that, there was a, there was a period of time where I was doing that, and it was it was it was fun. Yeah, um, it also made capturing either of them much easier because I just had to have one input. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, like there's you know they've they've got they've kind of got all the bells and whistles they really need at the moment and you know like i understand the pro model of the ps4 and the uh 1x version of the of the xbox one console it was it was the enthusiast machine you know there was a reason the scorpio took four years to come out 
Um, yeah. It was because they were going for as many teraflops as they could cram into their marketing material. Um, and and also because their first console was woefully underpowered. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, they then neither neither party are in this position right now. You know, they can do ray tracing. You know, I if they didn't yeah. if they didn't include that competently. Yeah, yeah. If if they didn't, you know. Okay, a question. Can the consoles do DLSS or they? Some of them do do a okay. version of uh, upsampling. I know the Witcher uses AMD's FSR upsampling. Um, they won't be doing NVIDIA DLSS because no, that's cause NVIDIA and they don't have NVIDIA tech in them. Yeah, yeah, they got AMD cards. But yeah, some of them do use AMD FSR upscaling. Okay. Um, which is similar. I don't know how much. I, I'm not as. I'm just not as familiar with AMD's implementation. Yeah. It is the equivalent to DLSS. I'm not sure how much AI work is involved in that. Yeah, I know. Sitting in in that thing, I went through a few weeks ago. Now, Nvidia's thing is fucking bonkers. They're doing they're, they're doing yeah. ray tracing DLSS. I think. Yeah. Which is like. They it, it it I was sitting here going like what the fuck is this? Um, uh, did I tell you that fucking the day before was sitting in there like marketing material? When I went? No. <laughs> oh my god! The little wow. logo. I, I I took a picture with my phone. I like zoomed all the way in. I'm like, hello. Yeah, I see you there. <laughs> yeah, you followed me to Sydney. Yeah, I like see. fucking where's Wally? Um, <laughs> yeah. So okay. The other like, thing. The other thing I want to just briefly say is. While neither of us want or expect or feel like we need a slim version of a console, um, we are no longer the target market for that kind of piece of hardware, I would say. We were when we were like 10, you know? And like it was too expensive to buy it outright at this time. Like parents didn't want to get it or whatever. And like, or like someone was just like, oh yeah, that's on sale. The Slim's on sale for Christmas. Just get that, just get that for the kids, you know? Like, or alternatively, like the Slim brings down the price of the old model and you get that for Christmas instead. Like, I feel like that's the kind of thing you would be expecting, like market you would be expecting to really take advantage of the Slim when it reaches more of a market saturation. And because because we, we are in this generation of consoles, we were first adopters. We just got it. We just got both the consoles. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to a slim variation, totally. Like they're like they're looking at us, going like like we we don't have to re- like we don't have to retain you, and yeah, we, we got you already, and we don't have to try and capture you. Like you are like you are just firmly in the camp of you've already bought the machine. Um, yeah. I think we would be in the market. We would be the 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 target audience for a pro model. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I think both of us, and look, I think realistically we both thought this way about the PS4 Pro when it first came out as well, that we were both like, I don't really need it. Um, totally. And like, you know, the only reason I think I really, up, I, the only reason I upgraded to a Pro in the end anyway was because there was a fancy look in Schmick Kingdom Hearts one. Um, yeah. And I traded in my old PS4 towards it, right? It was yeah. like, it was a, it was a, the, the right time for me to want that. Um also puts and like in, 4K TVs were cheaper then too. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It also put me in the great position of all now. I don't want to get rid of my PS4 Pro because it looks nice. <laughs> yeah, now you just will probably keep that for the rest of your life. 
<sighs> that big piece of plastic. It's a bigger box too. Um, the yeah. So we, we are looking at your life, Jeremy. <laughs> we are looking at this going. I don't think this needs to exist. What do you think the refresh looks like for the PlayStation Five? You've got some. You've got some ideas. Yeah. So yeah, you did a really good job looking up the um the, the details for the Switch that I hadn't seen. Um, and I sort of I, I have a bit of information here for the PlayStation side of things. We've been getting some rumors that there is a new version of the PS Five in development. Um, and it's got a detachable disc drive. Uh, so I'm just going to read this this very brief article from GameSpot from Evan Campbell, January 17th of this year. So nearly two months ago, we were getting this last update on this rumor. Uh, the article starts, don't expect the rumored PlayStation 5 with a detachable disk drive to sport more power than the Sony systems out there today. Instead, think of this possible console as a redesign as opposed to a pro model. Uh, that's according to Insider Gaming owner Tom Henderson. He provided a couple of new details uh, and so links to the tweet. The tweet says, a small update here. It doesn't seem like there are any major hardware changes from the original console. So like internals, processor, all of that. Disk drive likely won't be compatible with the current digital version. And so, you know, when you think detachable disk drive, you think of, you know, USB disk drive things that you could put uh, into like a laptop or like a, like a, yeah, like a MacBook Air or something to, to give it the... Uh, capability to run DVDs or CDs. Um, it sounds like this isn't that because if this was that, then it would be compatible with the digital version in some capacity. Like surely with a software update, they could just push that to the digital PS5s that are out there today and it would know how to run that hardware off a cable. It sounds like this isn't that though. What that leads me to believe is uh, the this what I reckon we're going to see is this PS5 Slim is there's going to be one model. It's going to be one SKU as opposed to the digital and disc version of PS5 that we've had for the last two years. We're going to have one PS5 Slim and it will have the option for you to purchase it with the disc drive and then for you to just attach that yourself once you open it up. That's what I expect. And I, you know that simplifies the supply chain because you need less bespoke manufacturing equipment to make different pieces of plastic and different circuit boards and different, you know, different manufacturing processes for the robot arms and all of that. They're not handmade, are they? There's no way they're handmade. Yeah, Jim. It might be, might be a, not by Jim. Yeah, Jim did it. Might be a combination of both. Has anyone made a Photoshop of Jim's Playstations? Like Jim's mowing? (laughs) It's Jim's face on the side of a truck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, well, I, that's what I'm expecting from this. And I, I reckon we'll get, I reckon the, the disc drive will be like a module that you put in an expansion bay into the, into the slim rather yeah. than, rather than like a, a, on a cable. I hope it's got a good tactile, like, like a putting a VCR and a VCR play, like, tuk, tuk, yeah, tuk, and like, yeah. It, or it, like it, a it, hard drive into like a sled. Yeah. 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 Yeah, um, I, I really do too. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think... It's a it's a strange it, target. Like, we keep hearing these rumors. It's like, detachable disk drive? Look, I, I can see them just selling a detachable disk drive that just has got a USB-C cable and that's it, or it just uses the fucking PS5 controller one. Um, yeah. Because those exist. 
Um, and I think it's it's very easy for them to just, you know, go to the same people that make the Apple, like Superdrive or whatever it's called, and say like, hey, make a make a one with us with a with a weird collar that looks like a PlayStation 5. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the problem is like how many external 4K Blu-ray drives have you seen? Uh, external, I'm not too sure. Um, I don't think it's that, I don't think it would, be that much more powerful than a regular one in terms of power. No, not in terms of power, but the data throughput to send it through a cable, it might be too much. Maybe. Um, maybe if it came with its own. Well, like, is it, but is it more than the... the USB-C. Well, is it more than what the VR is sending to a headset? Um, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, well, that's the thing about like a 4K Blu-ray, right? Is it, it can kind of be that uncompressed amount of data. So you get a massively high bitrate video file when you do put in a 4K Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's a way you can, and I'm sure not, but maybe there's a way you can just dump the game onto the console itself. And it's like, if you want this version of it, the the realistically- We need the attachment to read the license. Yeah. And it's maybe it's, it's literally just the way where like you, you just like, it'll dump the disc onto the console similar to you downloading the game because you've already got a slim version of the game. You're getting bigger versions of those games already. Um, Or maybe it's just, maybe the disc at that point is just your key to downloading the game. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know what that looks like with the, like a, like a, like a docking bay for, for additional modules, right? It, it feels, yeah. it feels old fashioned. It feels like a, you know, it feels like when they sold a rumble pack. Um, yeah. I, I mean, boy, let me tell you about the N64 expansion pack. Do you know I, yeah, about that one? Yeah, I do. I do. It, it was just a, it was just more Ram and they, yeah. they had a, they built a slot for it from the start to beef up the amount of Ram in the system. Yep. Yeah. Some games required it, right? Didn't Donkey Kong require it or something? Yeah. Donkey um, Kong, Majora's Mask as well, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, that's why they called the Nintendo Switch online expansion pack, the expansion pack, right? That's, uh-huh. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's weird. Only because I, I just can't see them trying to sell this weird thing. Um, I can see them honestly because like look as far as i'm aware the disk drive is not a thing that is um stopping production it's 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 other components that are getting in the way so yes, i don't think them right. like i don't think any of the parts that they're waiting on is like oh like part of the disk drive i could honestly just see them discontinue the disk the, the disk drive less version of the console um and what just sell the original non-slim with the disk and then the slim version optionally well, with or without it maybe they like like i see them moving over to like one skew but i think it just might come with a disk drive um and they also sell a disk drive for folks who want one for their ps4 sorry ps5 that doesn't have a disk drive maybe i don't i don't, I don't know just remember this just remember this report this rumor that the disk drive likely won't be compatible with the current digital version so they're making a new disk drive that's only compatible with more newer consoles down the line allegedly it just doesn't fit in my head <laughs> yeah i know it's strange. <laughs> it just doesn't it just doesn't c- compute the um, thing i was saying um before the show when we were talking about this was like it also makes me wonder if you know they, they kind of what that means is if they do make that one skew going forward and then the disk drive is optional that allows them to try some other things in terms of supply 
and and measure demand in certain ways. But what it means is everyone's at least getting a PlayStation Five digital. Yeah. And and what I was saying is, I what if they decide to artifact artificially limit the number of and maybe it's not artificial maybe it takes more components whatever but maybe they can't put out as many disk drives as they can put out consoles so then people buy the console because whatever i'll get the disk drive later and then they they get used to just buying digitally and they don't bother with the disk drive at the end of the day because it's oh it's 150 bucks i don't need to i'll just buy the games new on the playstation store for full price which gives PlayStation a lot more money than it does when they when people are buying from disc versions. Yeah, like th- there's that, or uh, it also allows them to, um, yeah, like I said before, just cut down on the differences in manufacturing. They can have they can have their accessories manufacturing over there making disc drives. They can have their their console manufacturing making this one type of machine, and that's it. It's um, it's a really weird situation. Uh, g- give me a name for this console. Is it just uh, is it just the PS5 Slim? Yeah, they've been really like they've like the fact that they're they're still they're just going in number order further further ahead. Like, and I suppose with the PSVR as well, it's just like PS5, PSVR two, right? It's that's yeah. just what it is. They're one of the only, they're actually one of the only tech companies that have any sort of naming consistency. Like yeah, the, the first like, time they've broken. The Samsung Galaxies went. They went like one through to ten, and then it was twenty, then twenty-one. Like yeah, it, it's interesting as well that, that that they've that they've broken the line of Dual Shocks. Now it's Dual Sense. That that is true. Yeah, that is true. I I was honestly a bit upset about that. I wonder if they'll go back because they did when they went to the six axis controller. They then went back to the Dual Shock. Well, know? that's because the six axis didn't have any shock. It I, didn't have any rumble I, in it. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, moving on to Xbox, what does a refresh look like for the Xbox? Xbox is in a weird state right now. I mean, they've been, they've been doing their own thing for the last four or five years now anyway, but it's strange. Well, I was saying like in the, before the show, just like, I don't even know what they are doing. And you said, well, we do know what they are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like they've, they've spoken at length about their Keystone project, which is their streaming only um, Xbox that mm. is the you know that can just run in run off a run off a console like it's it's like it's like a little machine it's the controller and it just plugs into a TV and it's just like yeah. X Cloud um, as long as you want um, and that's it yeah no no local installation and it's interesting right because I think that what what stopped them releasing that was because like the, like uh, what we know is that they had it and then they've they've cancelled the project that they were planning on releasing and they've they've put it back to the drawing board they said like yeah they we, sent they sent it back yeah we, we weren't happy with the direction it was going and they I think, took it back to the kitchen yeah I think the reason they weren't happy with it is because Samsung was like hey you, you want to put this on our TV um and then suddenly like they realized they can just run it off the software that a, that a smart TV can can yeah can do. we don't yeah. know at what like I, I don't I don't know off the top of my head like if you can stream at you know 1080 60 or whatever right like that's I a good point let me look up a quick review but um to but, see if it is performant yeah but also like you know TVs have got stuff in them now to make them run 4K video completely fine mine does yeah um. At, at very high bit bit rates, especially like locally. Um, That's the thing, though. Like the, the 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 when it comes to gaming, you need low latency. That's true, as well as all of that stuff. It is true. Um, you don't you don't need low latency when you're watching 
episode two of season three of The Mandalorian on that. No. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm not going to say the platform like it's a fucking ad. Oh my God. It's uh, like when Reggie is like, I'm still playing Animal Crossing Pocket on my, no, what is it? I'm, I'm still playing Animal Crossing New Leaf on my Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> um, it runs great on my new 3DS XL. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I don't know what their, what their new Xbox like console line is. I think mm. they're pretty happy with how it's going right now. They've got two very specific models. They've got the expensive one, which is the, the powerful one with the disc drive. And yep. they've got the cheaper unit, which is smaller, doesn't have a disc drive and is basically your key to game pass. Um, yep. And I think that they're, I don't know if they release a Xbox series X without a disc drive. Um, I don't know if they release a series S with a disc drive. Um, I don't think they I, need to. One of, no, I mean, one of the best parts about the S is that because the X is so expensive and the PS5 at a similar price point, the S is that much more appealing because of its price. Yes. Like, it's that nice entry point to get up-to-date current gameplay. Like, if you're stuck with a 1 or a 1S and you want something but you can't afford the X... The S is so good. It's so good to have a budget option to get to the current generation. Or like, you don't have a 4K TV, so why bother shelling out for it? I'll just get the Series S, which can go up to 1440p, and that'll that'll do, right? Like, the it con- is the console, really good to have the option. It regularly drops to less than 400 Australian dollars. Yes. Which is so cheap. Um. Yeah, like I, I don't I don't know if they if like they maybe need a refresh even less than PlayStation does. Um mm. where they're just kind of happy to chug along selling you consoles that will sell you their subscription service. Um mm-hmm. and they've also got a million other options to get their consoles, right? Like you know you can like loan them out through Telstra. <laughs> There's yeah, like, I do know that. It, I remember walking past the Telstra store, like on yeah, the way ho- home, being on the like, way to the bus from work, being like, "What the fuck is that?" Um, and that was actually really appealing. Yeah, when you couldn't find the console for to- months and months at a time. Totally right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe do they make a middle one? Do they make one that's more powerful than the Series S, mm. less powerful than the X? Personally, we know they're making that streaming box. Mm. That would then position the Series S as the middle one. And I think that would be apt. I think that would be fine. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I agree. Because it is digital, but can install local games. And that is, in terms of features, a really good middle point between just streaming and Series X, which can do streaming, disc, digital, 4K, ray tracing, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do have a, a preview article for Samsung streaming from Press Start that came out in December. Uh, is, this, is this from Shannon? Yeah, sort of Sh- Shannon Grixty. Um, and I've, I've scrolled down a bit here. This is on a standard internet connection. And here's the quote. If I was going off pure performance in terms of latency and frame rate, and I was handed a controller with no context, I wouldn't have immediately noticed that it was running from the cloud. If I didn't own, pardon me, an Xbox Series X, or wanted to boot this up away from home on a Samsung TV, I'd have absolutely no qualms with with playing it this way. Which, like, it's pretty awesome. appealing. Yeah, it's, yeah. Shannon's saying, if I was a casual gamer or a teenager wanting to jump into Forza on my home TV without shelling out seven fifty for a console, it's not the best experience, but it's a totally fine experience that allows you 
to experience well the game and still have a bunch of fun. It yeah. feels like the proper console Forza Five, Forza Horizon Five experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like, look, I think that's not too dissimilar to just my general experience with streaming games through the Xbox, where I've had like I've had a pretty fine time. Like I've I've not had it. I've not had many moments where I'm like, oh, this feels really bad. Yeah. Um, and you know, my internet is quite to very good. Um, and uh, like I, so I have always kind of put those tests in best case scenario world. Um, but when I was downloading Halo Infinite, I sure could hit a button and play Halo Infinite while Halo Infinite was downloading, um, yep. which is which is kind of nuts. Um, so yeah, I don't think that they need one yet. I agree. Unless they just want to make it smaller, in which case go for your life. Yeah, it's so funny. And and so I we do have a couple of prompts here. And yeah, no, this is this is a good time to sort of come into it. You we wrote a like a final like wrap up sort of discussion topic for this, which is uh what is it about this gen that makes it different? Um and I do think there are a few things because there is something that's ha- having us think, I don't think they need it. We don't think they need it. Maybe it's just a year later than it would have been otherwise. But there is that just that weird feeling of like, oh, yeah, no, I wish we could take advantage of 4K TVs now. Like in the last last time they were doing this, we don't have that. Maybe it's because 4K the, or the next TV uh, standard hasn't been brought forward since the release of the previous console, right? Maybe there hasn't been anything for them to upgrade towards to make it worth it. Um, and yeah, and to, just to touch on TVs, like as someone who's fairly into this as a tech, um, like we and like this is going to make me sound like an old man of like, hey, like we've peaked, but like we are hitting legitimate depreciating returns with the quality of TVs. Um, I one hundred percent agree. Yeah, like you know, like I I have looked at a four K TV and then compared it to an eight K TV. You can see the difference when they are side by side. But at no point am I watching 4K content going like, fuck, I really wish this was an 8K TV. Yeah, um, man, uh, man, I wish I had four times the amount of pixels than 4K. Right, right. And it's like the the idea of, um, you know, like H- HDR is a bigger jump technically than 1080 to 4K, I believe. But I think right. the issue is- you think is, it adds more. Yes. Um, and it is, it, is, it is an overall more impressive th- feat. However, it is it has had, had a much slower adoption rate because the technology behind HDR and the amount of vi- like variance in standards yeah. um, uh, means that HDR is not nearly as popular yet. Um, yeah, you know, because th- it's quite easy to buy bad HDR, and then it hurts the overall opinion on HDR as a as a tech. Yeah, like or or at the very least confuses it. Um, and and it's funny because we've seen HDR for quite a long time. It's just in a phone. You just don't see it on a, on a big screen like that because they're fucking expensive. Um, yeah. And so, like you know, while um, you know there hasn't been a new television standard to adopt, uh, you know the 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 box of the PlayStation Five I think still says eight K on it, and yeah, they it does. they don't even support that. Um, no. and so it's like, it's like, okay, so we don't need more of this right now. Cause the one that you're currently selling isn't even truthful. And also you can't even run the menus at 8k. Yeah. And also like no one has 8k stuff yet. So what's the, we don't have the bandwidth for 8k. Ori ran at 6k if you wanted, it could do 6k. Yeah. But the console doesn't do 6k. I think the console might do eight. I want to say that the, the 
Xbox might be able to run the menus at eight. I might be right, wrong. Okay. But um, yeah, Xbox but, has the capacity to do that. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, I think we are seeing some depreciating returns in, in some of that stuff, but I think we're also seeing it in terms of at the moment with just the actual hardware. Um, we're not getting games that are like, you know, you look at the Switch and you look at games that are being limited by it being on a Switch with a mobile processor and a, and a, and, and hardware An that old mobile processor and and yeah and like and tech that wasn't new when when this when the console launched. Um, there are games like fuck. I really wish this was just running on a better version of the Switch. Um, I, we don't have that with the current generation of consoles yet. We're not we're not limited by the console yet. We're still limited by, as you said earlier, the previous console because the adoption rate on those was so much higher, and yeah. they're just not leaving it behind yet. Because why would they? And I think also because why would they? Because developers can make games for both, and it still runs totally fine. Right, you know? like. God of War Ragnarok apparently runs so well on PS4. Like yeah. it's 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 equivalent to playing God of War 2018 on the PS4, which is exactly what I did in 2018 or 19, whenever I got to it. And it was a great experience. Horizon. Or playing The Last of Us Part 2 in 2020, the year the PS5 came out on a base PS4, 1080p, 30 frames per second. Horizon. Great way to play that game. It was awesome. Horizon Forbidden West, the exact same thing. You know, you can play that game on the PlayStation 5 and it looks amazing. You can play it on the PS4 and it still looks really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's a level of like, like you know, it's like, it, it, this is like more tongue in cheek, but like, did we need this console generation yet? And it's like, you yeah. like it's like, yes, but yeah. Clearly we could have survived for a while. We would have been all right. Um, yeah. It's it it's funny thinking about that hypothetical like if we hadn't had the PS5 yet, and I know the industry just would have been so uh, angry, been so entitled, and yeah, yeah, angry is like oh why don't we have I'm so sick of checkerboard 4K if you're on a pro is like I'm still running the same machine I was ten years ago when I you know there'd like, be so like, much yeah, like, angry gamer entitlement and that, like while also the answer being like yes it is time for another one um you know thinking about how how loud playstation 4s were <laughs> towards yeah. the end right yeah. like like we forget that it, like that those consoles it it's not just that they were they were um being pushed to their limits it's that like they were running hot and like, loud like yeah. like they were running at capacity mm-hmm. um so yeah, like there's a lot of things that make the, you know, COVID being another one, manufacturing, cost of living being another one, just supply, like there are so, so many things that the rest of the world deals with, gaming deals with as well. Um, that's a big reason why this feels so different. These consoles Absolutely. feel new in a way the PlayStation 4 didn't in 2016. Yeah, I definitely felt like the shine had worn off on my PS4 by this point. Every when I'm when I'm using my PS5, when I pick up the DualSense, I'm like, or like, for example, I'm I'm using the PS5 on the projector, watching a bunch of YouTube. I'll just use a DualShock for that because it's better battery life and whatever. And they'll be like, oh, I have to. I'm going to play Last of Us Part One now. I, I need to find my DualSense, and I pick it up, and I'm like, oh yeah, I get to use the DualSense now. That's cool. Like I still get just like. It just just a just a tiny little bit, just a bit like oh yeah, nice. I get to play a new game. That's fun. Yeah, like like think think like I'm gonna just throw out a couple games to you in 2016, and I'm gonna ask you: Did any of these feel like like 
uh, hot next gen games in terms of like, oh my god, this is like this is this feels like this a, is gaming. Yeah, like this is a this is a thing for my new console. Did you say the words new console when I talked to you about the game Overwatch? Uh yes. Did you? Uh, I would not see that running on a previous system. Definitely not. Oh no no no! Sorry, I'm not saying that that it was that this couldn't run on the on. I'm not saying that this this could have run on the previous system. But what okay. I mean is in did this feel like new console game or did this feel like mid-generation console games? I think Overwatch is a... I would say... I would give it to Overwatch, honestly. Really? That okay. game's gorgeous. All right. <laughs> uh, Doom 2016. Yeah, nah. Yeah. Um, Dishonored 2. No, it's pretty middle of the road, you know, like sort of third party, like yeah. just hitting hitting the middle of the road there. Titanfall two. So, um, because like what what I'm saying is talking about the vibe of those games, <clears throat> Dishonored two, Titanfall two, Watch Dogs two. Yeah, uh, that was the year of the twos. <laughs> uh, we have Dark Souls three, Battlefield one. Like and you know there are other games here, Uncharted, etc. Um, but like it's more about like that these were games that were sequels to games that all had already come out on this platform. Yeah, I think is a specific type of feeling that I'm trying to like um, <clears throat> pull on here. It's like these don't feel like you know new games for my new console because these are sequels to games that were new games for my new console. You know, Titanfall One was a new game. For the Xbox One, and it did a lot of exciting stuff. Yeah, Dishonored Two, uh, Dishonored One was a new game for a for a PlayStation. Yeah, but but like in terms of it was like within the first like couple years for the remaster. It came out in 2012, Jeremy. Oh my god, that's a PS3 game, wasn't it? Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah I, I, I forgot about when I forgot about Dishonored. Um, <laughs> uh, Watch Dogs also a PS3 game, but that was like a PS4 game, right? That was like a game that was yeah. That was a that was a hey. Look at the wind blow Ethan Pierce's fucking jacket as he walks through windy Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Watch Dogs 2 came out, it was like, oh, it's a sequel to a game that I bought on this console that I'm currently playing. Mm-hmm. We're not getting that with the PlayStation 5 yet. We're not getting no. we're not getting the sequel to Ratchet and Clank. We're not getting No, we're just getting the sequels to excellent PS4 games like mm. God of War and Horizon. The one that is an outlier, I guess, is we're going to get Spider-Man 2 this year, which is a sequel to Miles Morales, which is, you know, all, but also a sequel to their PS4 game. So, like, yeah. it's... It's it, like a double sequel. Yeah. But, yeah, we're, we're still getting, like, new ones. Do you think... This is this is tangential now, but do you think we're going to get new IP from PlayStation ever again? I mean, the answer is probably, but like, 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 but yeah. like conceptually, like, like, like looking back at the previous generation, we had Death Stranding, Ghosts of Tsushima, Horizon, uh, Days Gone, The Order, for as well as that did or didn't do, to a semi-extent, the God of War reboot, like all of these sort of refreshes and, and or rebrands and, and new things, and some of them worked and some of them didn't, but it feels like all we're looking at is like just make it happen again now projects yeah look i think i think we uh i think development well like as these games get bigger development now takes longer and sony sony are not interested in smaller games anymore um they are not interested in um 
you know, like I, I, they're not interested in games the scale of the Order eighteen eighty six. Um, they are not yeah. interested realistically in games like Days Gone anymore, which probably would have done a lot better if that game was smaller. But that game had to fit a certain um, mold. Well, yeah, like but like a certain scale and a certain level of prestige. It was like like this needs to be up there with Uncharted. This needs to be up there with um, Death Stranding. Um, and it was never going to hit that. But I think that there's a version of Days Gone that is better as a game that's maybe the size of like Little Big Planet. Um, I I don't know. It's infinitely big, Jeremy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) I don't know which studio comes out with new IP. Yeah. Um, Especially because all the things that we're hearing about are rumors of them bringing back old IP. Yeah. And like, I, I can't get over how Naughty Dog has just been you know they it's like they struck gold twice in the ps3 era like they did uncharted then they refined it yep and then they sort of crystallized their learnings with that into a brand new version of the last of us brand new ip with the last of us Mm. and then it was like oh let's make the ps4 uncharted now and we'll make the ps4 last of us and now we've gotten ps5 versions of the ps4 games for uncharted and the last of us and we're getting more the last of us and then after we get factions, we're getting more Last of Us, apparently, if, if they can write a story, which I can ensure they can justify doing because it makes a butt-ton of money. Like, like I, I want to see something new from Naughty Dog, you know? And, like, the thing, like, I think, I think we know that they're working on something new. Yeah, there, um, there, is, there is rumor of, like, a, maybe a fantasy IP. Yeah, and, and that's largely because they've sort of put a full stop at the end of Uncharted for now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but like, but also, um, Uncharted doesn't. Uncharted doesn't have a full stop as a as an IP because Sony still want more because it makes a fucking buttload of money and they they know that they and can they, make they can make movies out of this thing. Yeah, right? That's the thing they just made a movie, right? Yeah. yeah. So and you know, like I think the the, the all right, you, you want to know my hottest take? Man, we're, yeah, we're we're going off the rails here. Yeah, that go I reckon, for it. I, I'll I'll go for this and then Erica will go to a break. Um, the first. The next new IP, we the next new major IP we get from Sony is developed by Bungie. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's exciting! Yeah, Bungie's exciting. Yeah, it. The next new IP we get from Sony is made by Bungie. Yeah, maybe. Insomniac are busy making Spider-Man and Marvel games and... Sucker Punch is doing Ghost 2. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh, And then who knows what Bend is doing because they got got kind of spun around after Days Gone doing Last of Us and then something else. Yeah, I I could see them being... Like, I can see them getting given, like, an infamous remake or something. Um, Yeah. uh, And... Uh, you know, Gorilla is probably making, well, Gorilla's making the DLC for Horizon, but I'm sure they'll make a, a third one as well as, you know, maybe it's like, like they're just working with Kojima again on, on Decima. On Decima, yeah. yeah. Um, and Kojima, you know, Kojima's making new stuff, but he's not owned by Sony. So it's like, like the IP that, it's not Sony's IP. Totally. Yeah. Weird, weird place, weird place for that console. We, oh man, we have so much to say about PlayStation. It's so funny. Um, 
So yeah, I, I think it, it's I think because we don't know what they're it. doing. It's because we like it's because we know what Xbox are doing. We say what are you doing, Xbox? That's but true. it's because they they've said over and over again what they're doing. It's just taking too long. We know what Nintendo are doing at the moment is be- because we have people who are getting DMCA like on random forums and posting yeah. Twitch leaks, right? Yeah. But yeah. Sony are in this Sony's pretty mum about it, aren't they? But I don't like. But also, there's just no clear plan. True. Well, like, okay, that's 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 maybe too harsh. There's no, there's no immediate understanding of the direction they're going to go by the end of this year. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of we're kind of stalling out after God of War. It was In terms of perception of what comes next, we're stalling out after the VR helmet they launched a week and a half ago. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> right. I watched um. There were like two or three videos that came out from uh, Linus was today and there was someone else who I watched is like a Nintendo uh, content creator. Both put out PSVR 2 reviews like this week. And I was like, oh, that's kind of late. It's funny. And it, it was interesting seeing that, seeing their their reviews, seeing it after the review period as well. Um, and the conclusions were the same, right? Like the tech's really good. There's no library to back it up right now. And that cat that has the potential to kill the console if they don't back it up quickly and soon. That's the same word twice in different different ways to say it. Um, Welcome but, to a podcast. Know, Linus, <laughs> <laughs> but like Linus is getting so excited because he he uses VR a lot and he's got an index at home and he was blown away because he loved the LED screen and it was so comfortable and and the controllers were worked okay and he you know he didn't love Call of the Mountain that much but also it was cool like. There's so many different ways that PSVR 2 is exciting to people who know about it or to people who don't have it yet. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's what a weird platform launch. <laughs> yeah. And as someone that is really into this stuff, like it's my, it's my job also. Mm. Like it just doesn't, and you know, like a lot, lot, of, lot, of, lot of my, a lot of my job focused specifically with computers, um, yeah, personal computers. Um, but like, I actually don't know anyone PCs. at my work that owns it. I think, right? Yeah, the at your work that is a VR company. Yes, yes. Um, I know, I know, I know people who have, who have tried it, but I don't know anyone that has bought it. Yeah. Well, we're gonna leave it there. We'll um. I we didn't really go over when we might see a refresh because it, it it does feel weird. We don't know when. Yeah. Um. The 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 next year for Nintendo and in two years for the, the other two. I can see. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for the times where we do get those announcements though, and we're like, whoa, what? I'm excited for those moments. Those I'm, are fun moments. I'm so excited for a hardware stream later this year for Nintendo. Yeah, that's what I want. Like, I I almost don't even care about it. Like, I'm just. From just like a personal perspective, I just like those times and I just want to have that like time I, now. I, I have one final thing for you. One final, final, okay. final thing. Are you going to buy the new Switch when it comes out on launch? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, again, I was looking at footage of this PSVR 2 thing and they were demonstrating the difference between an LED and an OLED screen with the Switch turning on from off. Um, where it, it just lights up with the white Switch logo where it says Nintendo Switch. And on the LED, you see all of the, the, the black lit up underneath from the backlight. And on the OLED, you don't. And it's just that bigger screen. I was like, man, that would be gorgeous to use right now. Um, 
but there's there's no point buying an OLED model when we know there's more coming. There's just it's just it's it's not it's not a, a savvy purchase to make unless you're an absolute diehard or curious and you have the money to splash. Like or, or your Switch broke. Or my, yeah, exactly. If I was if I had to get a new one to keep having a Switch, then sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely see myself uh, getting the new one when it comes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's because we're suckers. Ah, oh, it's also the job. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love it, right? But yeah, uh, yeah. When, but like, when we think about it before, when we, when we, when we do think about it as if we aren't, when we consider the option of even possibly not getting it, which is pretty low, but we don't think it's that low because we want to think like we're going to consider it seriously, and then we see it, and it's like, oh, it's got like, it's got this, and it's got that. It's like, oh, I, I think I should really get this one. It's like, yeah, all right. I, I don't know if I get like excited, excited about it. Because I think at this point my brain is in autopilot of like buying new I thing. Get. Yeah, yeah. Like if if the PSVR two wasn't so expensive, I would still get it even without the launch launch lineup of anything really that amazing. Yeah, it was just too much money. Yeah, and I was. just and I just bought a new phone. Like I like. <laughs> I think I might get it at some point. I think when when it comes down in price and when there's more games, I think I might get it. Yeah, maybe by Christmas. Hmm. Hey, we're going to a break, everybody. That was Jeremy missing the break button. We'll be back to talk about Destiny. Might cut that. Welcome back to the Minimap cast. I couldn't even tell you what we've been talking about in the break. My mind has become a sieve. Marvel Snap. We spoke about Marvel Snap. We spoke, we just, we just talked about Loki, the show. And Kang for a while. Um, our days, how they were. Talking to the chat about our, our days. Oh, yeah, and X-Men. Yep. Mm. Yep, and how there was an X-Men man named X-Man. Yeah. Which is just the worst non-joke I've ever heard. <laughs> it's just the worst fact I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, I've told you worse. <laughs> there are definitely worse facts. Um, <laughs> About comics and 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 related media, though, yeah, it's not much. <laughs> That's pretty up there. Yeah, um, we're we're gonna do something that we used to do a lot, <laughs> and it's been a while. There were times yeah. where we would talk about this game for weeks, recurring weeks, multiple podcasts in a row, yep. and that was when they weren't weekly over like six weeks yep. or. Eight or like six episodes, three months. It's been a while. We have both independently returned to Destiny 2. Uh, the Lightfall expansion came out last week, which is the big vaporwave neon pinks and blues and greens uh, Neptune expansion. Um, but that also prompted Jeremy and I to get our butts into gear again, independently, we just had this idea separately together um, to go back to last year's content, which we never really engaged with and either start it or restart it slash finish it. Um, So in the last week I have played through, turns out I had done like five out of the eight missions for Witch Queen, which I didn't realize. I couldn't tell you what, four out of those previous five missions were actually about. <laughs> um, 
those the the the, the second the 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 third third of Witch Queen campaign, I think, is really quite good. Um, the last third, if you will. <laughs> yeah. The second second of... <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, so I've, I've gone through... I finished that on Legendary, which was challenging. Uh, jumped into Lightfall, and I'm five missions through that now. So I've done a whole campaign's worth of content. Uh, in the last week, just across two campaigns. Yeah, and I'm about maybe halfway through the Witch Queen currently. Uh huh. Not not super far. Um. Uh, but I am not playing it on Legendary. Yeah, that's right. Well, ex- I saw you talk about this in Discord, but tell tell the good people what your Legendary experience was. Yeah. So I okay. So I did the first mission Legendary. Yeah. Um, of the Witch Queen. Legendary being the hardest difficulty that Destiny offers. And um, they, they they only put it in for the campaign with Witch Queen. It was a new edition with Witch Queen. Yeah. And yeah. you get more gear and you, you come up to a higher level at the end of the campaign. And Yeah, and it, 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 it does a couple interesting things where it, it, it makes the enemies harder, but it also brings your level to a specific level. So you, you yeah. can't equip more gear and be stronger at that level. It is... It is about a test of how good you are at the game and how many of the systems you have um, engaged with mods. Which is, that's how uh, difficult Destiny, which is how our clan refers to it, works. Raids in contest mode and like Grandmaster Nightfalls and all of that, they they limit your power level. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I I did the first mission in Legendary and then I got about five minutes into the second mission in Legendary and then realized I don't enjoy it in Legendary. <laughs> um, and so I turned it down and I had a much better time. Um, Great. The re- it's good you had that presence of mind to realize that and adjust. Yeah, like I, I am, I have uh, the, 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 the age of difficulty, the age of games being hard for the sake of them being hard has left me. Um, that, that's, <laughs> that, that, that's not quite true, but I think that, Man who didn't beat Elden Ring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, man that man that beat the orphan of Coz. Um, True, you did. Uh, the 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 thing about um, Hard Destiny is that there is a lot of shoot 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 shoot, get shot 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 shot, hide 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 hide, wait yeah. for health to come back, and do it again. Um, and I don't really engage with that very much. Um, I think I what I really like my hard games to be is me having a really strong, strong sense of overcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why I love uh, Sekiro, for example, because it's all about countering. Um, and it's all about being, like, and same with Bloodborne, it's all about attacking. It's all about yeah. being aggressive. Um, I, it's why I don't enjoy, um, playing slow, quiet matches in Apex Legends, for example. Um, don't you? Not as much as, uh, you know, like, like, you know, like, uh, for example, if, if there's, um, if there's the option to get into a fight or not get into a fight, I will get into the fight. Um, I didn't realize that that was why, though. I didn't understand that that was like a preference for you. I thought that was like a compulsion. 
I mean, it's it, it's both, right? It's 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 a it's, there's a level of like if I if I you know being a rat in Apex is fun occasionally. Like I don't, I'm not saying that yeah. I that I never enjoy it, but I don't enjoy that win. I I like the wins. That, I get that. Yeah, like the wins that come fewer are the ones where you get eight kills, but the yeah. wins that you get with eight kills. Uh, oh, so very sweet. <laughs> oh, they are. You see, the thing is, for me, I know I can't rely on that happening, and if I if I chase that, I will get so frustrated. So yeah. I I just try to not think about. And it. and and <laughs> I I can't do that with Destiny. There there is too many enemies, and their attacks are too strong, and their um their bullets honestly are too homing. For, yeah. f- for for me to be able to John Wick my way through it, right? I I can't I can't Doom Slayer my way through Legendary Destiny because yeah. there is no there is no countering and there is no like there is no revenge or there is no uh, what's a word in between countering and revenge? There there is no empowerment. Yeah, but there is there is no reward for facing head on and overcoming because there's just too many of them. And like, I'm not saying that there is zero way, but I think that the, the ways you can be a, a full on like God at destiny Hmm. require far too much than what I am doing, which is playing a campaign once a year. Exactly. It needs you to have like 60 plus attributes equipment like on all of your armor pieces and to use all the right mods to go into your armor use the right exotic with it the god rolls on your weapons yeah that's the kind of like hard stuff yeah and and you know there are people who can do that and that's great and it's good for them um but like but the legendary game mode is just not for me it's like i don't i don't i don't yep. i don't like in in halo even heroic or legendary like there's a lot of hiding but there's a lot of like you can take them out um it's only those few times when it's like, oh, there's just a fucking bunch of snipers and I gotta like really crawl my way through this. Um Yeah, Halo doesn't really up the enemy's health as much in comparison to how Destiny does. Oh, like like not not one for one, no. But like it it does it does make the enemies much stronger. Um, especially elites. But like, but yeah, it's it it's a lot of um just you are weaker. Um yeah. and you gotta just be much more agile. Um but yeah, like like the the way I've been enjoying this game a lot more is for me to have a level of momentum all the way through this game. It's 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 why when I played Doom Eternal, I brought the difficulty down so I could like really really fucking go for it and slowly crank it up as I was getting better and better. Yeah. Um, but with Destiny, there's there's no multiple difficulties. They're just like hard or easy. Um, yeah. So I've I've been doing it on on easy so I can actually get through it at not two hours per mission. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, but that that's been that's been much more enjoyable for me. Yeah, I I see that. I'm as someone who has done like eight. I did I did mission six today of Lightfall actually. So as someone who has done yeah like nine legendary missions in the last week. Yeah, that that as you said like two two hours to a level. It is real. It does get annoying. Um. And it, I think I found it really funny. So I, I think it's important to bring up the, the reception that people have had to Lightfall that when it's come out this week. It's sure. been kind of, it's got like 30% positive reviews on Steam. Like the community generally at first blush for this expansion, especially the campaign, basically, 
the campaign experience is really negative right now. Uh, a lot of the communities don't like it. They say the story is weak. They say the locations aren't great. There's a bunch of this and that and the other. Um, and I, I'm picking up on some of that. I like some of the things that people don't. I dislike some of the p- things that I haven't heard other people talk about. Um, Alex is asking if if you caught me on Destiny last night at 2. Maybe. Maybe more like 1.30. Uh, but yes. <laughs> I was playing late last night when I couldn't sleep. Um, so it, it, it's interesting playing the legendary campaign for Witch Queen and then playing the legendary campaign for Lightfall back-to-back because theoretically it should be quite similar. They've done a, They've done a bit of a sandbox update recently where they have made Destiny a bit harder. But... Playing in the the patch version 7.0.0.1 or whatever for Lightfall, but playing Witch Queen in that. So with all of that sandbox box uh, balance updating um, for the Witch Queen content, I had a much better time going through some frustrating and some difficult uh, uh, content through the Witch Queen legendary campaign. I still enjoyed the, the, the go of it. I did get sometimes very stuck or like, I had the boss this low and the checkpoints my the checkpoints pretty punishing and, and so then I had to do it all again. Um and that was frustrating. That had me going, I'm come back to this later. But the uh I think Lightfall's encounter design is kind of bad. At least in the legendary experience. I think it's really not fun a lot of times. Um like been, sometimes I've, I've it's just like this. here's here's fifteen vex, and the only reason this is an interesting encounter is because you're in a tiny room, and it's like that's not interesting at all. Like I know destiny is always just some form of move into the room, wipe out the enemies, move on. But it's the designer's job to make that interesting for players to keep engaging with and to maybe replay the missions in the future because it was cool how they did this, or like maybe they have a unique mechanic, or maybe this or that. And like there's a a distinct lack of that in this campaign, I feel like. And a number of encounters that are just like, this is just hard because you just, yeah, there's one mission that was just like all tiny rooms and I really disliked it. Right. Um, There was another one. I legitimately spent 90 minutes on one encounter and it wasn't challenging because of a unique mechanic or whatever. It was just too many like gotcha moments almost like it was like there's two raised areas on the side of a big circular room in the middle of the room there are these two taken centurion spawning and they send out these homing slow quiet grenades so if you're not paying attention those will get you and they frequently did also those top raised elevated positions are some of the best places to clear out the ring area which you have to go down into to pick up some items and then cross over as well mm. uh, so you, you go up there but to get up there there's also enemies that spawn up there first so you have to clear them out war beasts and strand shielded enemies and this and that and then when you jump down into the ring a whole bunch more taken spawn around the side so that I jump down then jump back up onto the elevated position to clear them all out and constantly there's, these centurions are respawning every 25 seconds so even once I, I have to make sure to take them out because they have these homing grenades that I can't hear coming. So I have to take them out every time they're there. And that's, there's, there's, oh man. That encounter was, it was just not fun. There, there's a, there's a, in, in stark comparison to 
the encounter I got really stuck on in Witch Queen, where I was like, oh, I know how to do this. I just need to do it better as an interesting thing here like this, or the arena is shaped a certain way. Mm. I think I can go over there and make that work. There's, there's no, there's nothing like that for me with, with these difficult encounters that I get stuck on in Lightfall. It's a lot of banging my head against the wall. Um, Are you going to bring I'm, the difficulty down? No, because I'm trying to get raid ready because I think I might be able to get to level 1780 for the raid this Friday or Saturday and be a part of the day one experience. Um, our raid, our clan is full for the day one raid. I was going to say. But I checked in with some um, other freelancers who I'm um, friends with. It turns out they have other groups that they normally have like three to four people. So they're happy to take on a couple of extras. Um, and I would, I would just love to have that day one experience. And there's really only one way to do it. Like you just got to be there. Um, that- I keep thinking back to Deepstone Crypt and how, how fondly I think of that, of that raid that we did all together, there, um, there, learning there are, it all together. There are ways to get raid ready without doing the legendary campaign though. Yes, but this is the fastest way. And you reckon? Uh, yeah, because when you finish legendary campaign, you come in 10 levels under the raid requirement, which is basically where I got to for Deepstone Crypt with a week of grinding of doing the powerfuls and the engrams, and the prime engrams and the pinnacle rewards. Yeah. And all of that stuff. Like I could just do that, you're right, and finish it on normal, but it would only get me to 1750, which is the soft cap. And then I would have to do all of that gear optimization grinding to get up 30 levels to get raid ready right. in the next week. And it's I did that for Beyond Light and it was too stressful. Um I do love the the part of Destiny where you're in a new campaign and you're just getting shit gear and it, but it's always better than what you had before and man that number goes up quick and good and fast <laughs> i really like that part of destiny it it takes me back to playing it for the very first time you know what i mean and you had that that slow grind of like oh i just got my first blue that's interesting i wonder what i can do with this that i couldn't with the other i don't i don't love that part yeah i don't think anyone else does yeah, that i've spoken I, to about yeah, it yeah <laughs> i i i mostly i wish i could just have like an auto equip because at this point it doesn't matter like just give me like just give me the best stuff for now. I'll I'll yeah, do I'll exactly. deal with I'll deal with it all later. Like I don't I don't need notifications of all of this stuff. Um Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't meet you there. <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. Um so yeah, but it's been really fun. It's been fun to get into Destiny. And I am excited to get into the um in get ready for the raid. I am a bit concerned but it should be said as well, the new uh, subclass, Strand, it's pretty cool. Uh, it They don't give it to you until the end, I don't think, but you get to play with it in like half of the levels. Sure. Um, I'm looking forward to when they give it to me and I can play with it because <laughs> like it's just a lot of the... It was very similar with Stasis as well where it was like, oh, this is the Stasis room. Um, yeah, and then right. I, I defeat the Stasis enemies and then, and then I'm back to my subclass. Have you I'm, seen... Um... Have you seen the videos online of people fucking around with the grappling hook? No, I haven't. What have you seen? Oh, so you can grapple onto other people's ghosts. Uh, uh, sorry, um, sparrows. Oh, right. Um, but also you can grapple onto each other. And I've seen three people stand in a triangle, jump and grapple to the one right of them. And as a triangle, they just start spinning. Oh, like perpetual <laughs> yes, motion. Yeah, they are just going and going and going. And if you get the, the closer, there's like speed ramps. So the closer you get, to the one you've grappled onto, yeah. the, the faster you will go. 
but then they can then continue to speed over to the other one and then you get yeah. into this weird like the the triangle like rapidly changes what kind of triangle it is <laughs> it's, it's very funny i we have to try that <laughs> <laughs> i would very much like to try that um i do think the story is like it's it's not useless um uh there's an excellent uh non-binary like neptunian warrior in the game who is it's excellent to hear lines of dialogue of conversation using they them pronouns as, as just like a part of what it is that's honestly really great but uh jeremy if you're looking your door just opened slightly your bathroom door just opened slightly behind you yeah <laughs> see you looking confused i think that was a cat <laughs> um or, or a ghost <laughs> i didn't see a cat <laughs> sometimes the pressure in here causes that door to open <laughs> Right. It's worse when I'm inside of it and the door just opens. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's another Sky Warrior who's voiced by Dave Fennoy, who um, was the, the guy from the first season of The Walking Dead. A um, bunch of other stuff. Who is he in The Walking Dead? The guy, Lee. <laughs> huh? The voice actor in the, in the, of the game, Telltale's The Walking Dead. Oh, I thought you. Sorry, I thought you meant the show. No, 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 not not fucking. AMC is The Walking Dead. Yeah, um, he's there, and Osiris is there. Like it, it's not a it's not a useless campaign. I really like Nimbus as a character, the non-binary character. But um, yeah, it definitely has issues. Yeah, like this this story, as far as as far as I'm aware of, it came out of the final shape being too long. And then right. they spat it off into their own thing because they realized the story they wanted to tell was longer than one campaign. Yeah. And then they couldn't get the whole thing done at once. It definitely kind of feels like that. It feels like... That, that, that's what i people, And people are also... Uh, one, one of our clanmates, a uh, friend of mine from high school, actually, Tom, and primary school, was uh, talking about how it there, there are things that point to Strand being the kind of... Uh, subclass that maybe they initially planned to be unlocked during witch queen last year right but you know witch queen got pushed and got delayed and maybe they, they pushed it out of that expansion to sort of keep things simple um and it, yeah it's meant that this this expansion has ended up in a middle ground it's like a holdover for the the, the conclusion of this 10-year destiny saga next year yeah. um but yeah and People are also drawing comparisons to Witch Queen, which a lot of people really, really, really liked. Um, again, I couldn't tell you what happened in more than half of that campaign. The end of it is great. The, the final two or three missions, I think, is excellent. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I'm not loving it so far. Only yeah, because I was the same. Like, only because like, I, don't, I don't really fuck with Hive that much. Um, that, was, that, that was always, t t t to me, it was always the least interesting of the villains. Okay. Um, not not to say that like I like some of it I think is really cool. I love I love the worm gods. Um but the yeah, like I, I didn't I haven't loved it so far and I don't particularly enjoy fighting the the hive light bearers. Um Yeah, the light bearers are pretty intense. Um but I, I was always like I love me some Vex, I love me yep. some Cabal. Um yep. I like some Fallen. Fa yeah, I like Fallen enough. Um that that big encounter I was describing in detail before made me re-remember that I hate fighting Taken. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I like Taken enough. Um, I, I don't mind them conceptually. I just hate fighting them. I right. hate all of their abilities. Yeah, right. 
Like the scions replicate themselves, which is fucking annoying. Yeah. yeah the hobgoblins yeah. snipe you way too efficiently. <laughs> the the centurions have heat-seeking grenades that are quiet and will fuck you up. Like I just or the the fallen captains with the like the dark shroud grenade that like fuzzes your vision. Is, I hate fighting all of them. <laughs> That's so funny. So. Um, but yeah, end of the. I will I will say briefly to you part of the hive campaign towards the end that makes it so interesting is they do go into that deeper hive lore, okay. which which they've only ever hinted at or it was only ever in the grimoire cards of their of the worm familiars and the and the worm gods and um yeah is is good I, I like okay cool also and I and I I'm I might write an article about this but uh Sabathun is voiced by Deborah Wilson. Deborah Wilson is the actor slash voice actor in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order as Sia Junda and in Wolfenstein 2 as the character with the afro with the baby. And uh, she was in Forspoken recently and uh, she was in something else. She's been in so many games recently and she, I honestly think, elevates every game she's been a part of. She's fucking great at Wolfenstein. God, she's she's great in again. everything, I yeah, think. Yeah. She's great as Sabathun as well. Cool. Good. It's weird going back to just one tiny section of Mars and then like no one bringing that up. Mate, I really don't like the throne world and just, oh, the planet's back, but we can only go to the Enclave looking at this ship, which isn't the throne world, but we have to go over there f- to the throne world. I, I, I that is part of what kept me away from Witch Queen or why I fell off it last year. It's just like, I don't... Doesn't a, make sense. I just don't really get it. And B, I don't think it's that interesting. Yeah. And even our friend Ollie was saying, like, he just didn't really bother with, like, the, the, the throne world uh, sandbox stuff. Like, he didn't really go into the, the, the chests and the, the yeah, patrols. I, and the... I don't love the world. Yeah. It, it does, yeah. The color palette, I think, is, is a big thing for me. It doesn't... It doesn't do much for me it's a lot of mud <laughs> yeah which which is interesting because like i would even real like i really liked um like the tangled shore well i, I was actually going to go so far as to say i really liked the the ship the 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 fallen ship from fucking the taken king oh that the hive ship you yeah mean. yeah sorry sorry yeah yeah sorry the the hive ship from the taking i thought that ship looked fucking sick it looked like a giant like it looked like a coffin <laughs> Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, very gothic. Yeah. Tango yeah. Troll's yeah, no, fine. This, yeah, this, yeah, that's it. It is fine. Uh, so, yeah, Destiny 2, I hope to come back next week and tell you I've beaten the raid. Um, who knows? Th- these other people I'm looking up with are in the States, so it might be really difficult to, yeah. to pull that <laughs> off, actually. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, and then Jeremy, do you just want to touch on some of your feelings as they've been progressing for Breath of the Wild? Yeah, just a just a a, a, a slight check in, quick little anecdotal um, Breath of the Wild update. Fortnite. Yeah, the 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 the, the BOTW Fortnite. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm still playing the game, and I'm st- I'm no closer to finishing it than when I was last time. Mm-hmm. Except I'm still not finishing it yet. I'm I'm just I'm, Oh like yeah, like I'm just I'm just I didn't expect you to do that. Mostly yeah. because you said you wouldn't. 
Yeah. Well, like it's like like there was a couple things that I want to do prior to finishing the game. Yeah. So you wanted to pull the master sword. Yes. Which I which which I do. I, which I which I did, which I have. <laughs> I, do, I do pull it. I do pull Master Sword. Um, I have that now in my inventory, and I have not used it yet. Um, uh, mostly because I was like, oh, if I use it, it will break. Um, but then I googled it, and it doesn't break. Um, so it's fine. Yeah, um, it just needs to recharge. Yeah, which like, look, I think that's a better. That like, I'm I'm glad that that sword doesn't break. I think only because I would feel really really sad about it if it did. Totally. Um, but also, if it was unbreakable it would kind of break the breakable weapon system yeah it, also it's, it's the master sword it's a tricky it's a tricky situation um yeah. but yes yeah, so i've got that um i've been doing like some of the world exploring i i don't super love there's there's some kind of obtuse shrines that are like like ah oh, like it, it it says i'm really close except it's actually not here um, right. There was one very high up in the mountains, which was actually oh, and your and your radar was going off. Yeah, but it's actually under the mountain. Um, yeah, and and the entrance is not at all really close to where the radar so goes. The one off. you got to knock the door down. Yeah, in the snow area. Yeah, and also that didn't work for me the first time I the snowball hit oh, it, no. and so I'm sitting here going like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, whoa, I do. Um, yeah. And so I I snowboarded into it, and then just like hit my head, and I'm like, "Oh well, it wasn't that." <laughs> um, and I googled it. I'm like, wait, I did that. Um, um, I've been trying to like, I've, I've been trying to save up and buy a home. Oh right, which, in in Hateno Village, which I didn't know that you could own land in that game. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And there's the what's the what's the man called with the 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 the, the like the, Boris or something. It's like Boshy. Some it's something yeah, like that. The, yeah, the developer. Yeah, um, the the one that wants to knock it down. Um, Very camp developer. I, I did enjoy the joke of you go up to him and saying like, I'll buy it. And the first thing he does is he yells at his coworkers to stop working. Um, yeah, that's right. Like instantly. Bolson. Bolson. Um, and yeah, and like the, like I, I still haven't, I, I shot an arrow at a dragon and I dropped a scale and then I put that yeah. scale into a cooking pot and it made awful food. And I went, well, I didn't do that right. Um, there's a lot of little things that I want to think I, cause I think the moment I finish that game, I'm not going to keep playing it. Yeah. Um, which I think, I think the so you're end- trying to find the line between like doing more, but not doing too much that you don't finish it, but yeah, not missing out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want, I want to get some better armor. I want to get some, some more interesting weapons. Um, and I want to, I want to have a go at that difficult Island. Um, Oh, even tide. Yeah. Um, because I think that'll be a fun, maybe a final challenge before, before I go into, to, to knocking out Ganon finally. Yeah. Um, I don't, I didn't do that at the end of my fight. Like, have you tried it yet? No, no, I, I, I've, I've been, I've been avoiding that area. I would, you could be overpowered if you go there, like with like too, too much health and stamina. Right. Oh no, maybe not, maybe not. But like, it's not, it's not like. It's not like super, super, duper, mega hard. Yeah, but the game also rubber bands fairly well as well, um, and it's more about just the challenge of like starting from nothing again. And, and yeah, it's just a, it is just a unique environmental kind of thing. Yeah, like th- that is on my on my bucket list for for that world. Um, 
But yeah, I've I've just been like exploring and I'm 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 enjoying more the like the looking at the pictures and going to that place in the map and then watching that oh, memory. Yep. Um I I quite enjoy those type of puzzles. Um I've I've always enjoyed them. Um mm. in basically any game and I think in this it's it it's in, it, it it's fun to look at like you know the temple like of- oh there's Hyrule Castle and Yeah, yeah, but like but like what's that like what the fuck is that thing to the right of it? Yeah. Um, and trying to survey the surroundings and be like, well, if I'm if I if if I line these two things up here, then then it'll be cool. Um, but also, I think what it will allow me to do is I could see myself actually really enjoying watching someone play this game for the first time. I think. Um, oh yeah. Last week on Thursday or Friday, no, on Wednesday actually, I went to a talk at Acme. The Australian Centre of Moving Image. Um, that was between uh, the curator um, Ginny Maxwell um, and someone whose name I've actually just forgotten. Um, uh, it was it was a conversation between these two people who um, the, the the person that came over from England who was being interviewed by Ginny. Um, uh, she's really into um, and has done this in many countries. Um, put together. Uh, events and uh, exhibitions and exhibits um, about games um, from different uh, perspectives. Um, but this talk specifically was about um, games as a performance. Um, games as a performance. Yeah. So uh, a really good example of that, honestly, is uh, which they used in, in, in the talk, um, was uh, AGDQ. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Because at that moment, you need to perform... Um, while like in front of a crowd, um, uh, like doing a showcase. Yeah. But, but like we're doing a specific thing and it's almost like sport, but it's not quite like sport, but it's like, and, and they talk to esports about how it's kind of like esports because it's competitive, even though it Mm. is not directly competitive because it's all time-based, but you are kind of like, you still need to perform on the day. Yeah. Yeah. On the flip side of that, another way to do performance in games is uh, they spoke to someone in the middle of lockdown. I don't remember their name. Um, they were uh, th- they were talking about how um, this person in the middle of lockdown was traveling the Grand Theft Auto online lobbies um, trying to legitimately perform Hamlet um, <laughs> uh, in Grand Theft Auto. That's amazing. While while getting shot at with rocket launchers and stuff um, and trying to find people in Grand Theft Auto saying like, do you mind if I perform Hamlet for you for a couple minutes? And then yeah. them like emoting while, and it, it's, it's very good. It was, it was a really great talk. It was, it was really interesting. Um, now I want to, I want to come up with a, a, a bastardized GTA Hamlet quote for the title of the episode. <laughs> like, Alas, poor Franklin. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the things they also brought up was, was the thing that I, that I actually remember when when it was when this person was announced, um, the streamer who did uh, the traveling swordsman in Zelda, which is they played through the entirety of Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild without ever um, crossing a bound an invisible boundary of where they've already walked. Oh. They traveled the entire world in a single straight line that did not overlap at any point. 
the that idea sounds incredibly arduous. The, the the idea being, um, traveling salespeople, what they will do is they will pick a route, right, and they will pick a mo- the most efficient route to, to to service the most amount of people as possible without crossing over because that's not as efficient. Traveling yep. swordsman Zelda, um, the event itself that I went to now that I finally brought up the ticket, um, is called. Uh, the ticket isn't loading. Um, video games as a performance, a conversation with Marie Falston. Cool. Um, it was it was really great. Um, but it reminded me of this talk, like of this uh, this Twitch streamer who who did the entirety of Breath of the Wild without ever crossing over um, themselves. Mm. Uh, and I remember thinking about that when it first, when it was first announced, going like, "Oh, that's really cool!" Like I kind of wish it was in a game that I that I really enjoy watching. Um, that time is now. <laughs> the time is now. Yeah. Um, fucking fascinating. Yeah. Like, like as a concept doing that because there is so much planning. 100%. Um, yeah. You don't have the DLC, do you? No, I don't. Right. So you don't have the, the map feature where you can like see where you've been. That no. was, that was honestly one of the best parts of getting to the end of that game with the DLC and just loading it up. Cause it works retroactively yep. and tracing the whole journey. I'm like, Oh, I remember that. There was a guardian there. I died like four times. Cause it, the, the line like goes and it's like red X and you like spawn back there and it goes and red X. And I, I would consider buying the DLC just for that. Yeah. That, that's like a really fascinating thing to add, like, and allowing it to be added retroactively, putting it behind DLC is weird. Um, but allowing it yeah. to be retroactive is, is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Cause you might have only worked after you bought the DLC. That would be uh, so. Bad. I know, and then it, and then it makes you wonder, like, couldn't this just be in a, like a quality of life update? Um, yeah, or like an upgrade you could buy at one of the labs yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that was really great, and and it reminded me of that that stream, and I feel like I would now enjoy that stream a whole lot more. Is it archived or was it turned into a YouTube series? Or I'm, something? I'm I'm sure it's on YouTube. I'm pretty sure it was a, it was like a thing that they were putting together. Yeah, because I was going to say it's it's you're going to find it difficult to uh, get the um, get the experience of having seeing someone play it for the first time these days because so many fucking people have played it. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Oh. And yes, and Alex mentions in the chat the uh, the motorbike horse is part of the <laughs> DLC. That was a big part of why I bought the DLC. <laughs> it's so silly. I had basically completed the game by the time I got it, though. Yeah. I think my favorite part about it is the like flux capacitor, like um, what do they call it? The the fuel intake and in Back to the Future Two, something yeah, flux capacitor. Yeah, 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 it's a flux capacitor. No, because the flux capacitor is the like triangle thing in the back that makes it work. What's mm-hmm. the? It's the like Mister Mister Fuel or something. You remember that intake? Oh, and they the, put the, the like banana skin the, in it. And yeah, the, the blender. Um, back to the future, Mister Fusion. Mister Fusion. Yeah, the like you you get off the bike and it like sits there and you like pull out ingredients and you hold them in your hand and then like seat moves away and exposes this like glowing blue Sheikah glow hole in the, <laughs> in the, in the horse bike and you just dump it in there and it's like, <laughs> and the, and the little fuel meter fills up and you'd get back on it and you could drive off. That's funny. <laughs> uh, well, that's going to do it for us for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, oh, Criminy link on a bike. Tell you what, I uh, the 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 we've I think we've broken the format a little bit on what 
uh, um, whether the template auto-populates the next thing. Next week's topic for next week, something for you to look forward to, is another installment of our You Can Have This One series? Question mark? Yeah. Uh, we are going to be talking about what we would like to see in a new version of the infamous franchise. Uh, so that's what we'll be talking about next week, everyone. Look out for that. That'll be a fun time next Monday. Uh, if you are still here, well, thank you. And uh, if you want to find out when the next episode goes live or this, when this episode goes live, even if you're here with us live on Twitch, uh, best way to do that is to follow our socials. Uh, that's at MinimapAU everywhere. You can follow us individually on social media as well if you, if you feel like it. Jeremy, where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, at obi one Uh You can follow me on Twitter at KJPalmer underscore 24. Uh, you can also head to minimap.com.au for absolutely everything else Minimap related, including the Minidisc podcast, uh, which is our Game Club podcast, uh, and the latest article which we have on the site, which I think is the uh, the MSI uh, laptop event that Jeremy went to, the, the roundup article he did for that. Uh, for those of you that are here with us live on Twitch, stick around. We're about to do the post show, probably talk about Marvel Snap some more if I had to guess. And uh, for those of you listening later, make sure to give us those oh so tasty five star ratings it helps out a lot consider joining us next week if you can uh live next monday 6 30 p.m australian eastern daylight time uh it's a great time lastly if you wanted to if you're able to you could support us on patreon uh to help keep the lights and mics on uh you could do that by heading on over to patreon.com slash minimapau and for five australian dollars you'll get 24 hours early access uh for all episodes of the minimap cast as well as some great benefits all while helping us out Rakeley. Uh, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for sticking around. We'll see you next week. Bye.